Hey, Crosspoint, this is Marcel Lebrun, founder of 12 Neighbors Community. I just wanna thank you so much for your interest in uh, supporting our most vulnerable citizens and helping to uh, fundraise uh, to build um, houses for people. Uh, so far, we have 10 people who've moved in to our community, and uh, I can't uh, begin to express just how transformative, transformative it is for them. Um, just to have their own space, um, their own little yard, their own shared community space. Uh, someone was saying uh, to me the other day, they have to get a keychain and they're excited because they now have two keys, uh, one key for their house and one for their uh, post office box. And just the dignity that that brings, that there's a space that they are responsible for and have control over and the dignity that that brings. So um, yeah, we welcome your participation and uh, we'll have even more opportunities in the future as well for, for people to volunteer and get involved in a relational context with uh, people in our community. But I just wanna say a huge thank you uh, for your support and encouragement. Yes, thank you. And I'll continue that thank you to all that were able to participate in the last month, especially last weekend when we symbolically brought our gifts forward up front here. And uh, I suppose you want to know like where, where we're at right now and like how much actually came in. Well, you'll just have to wait a little bit longer and maybe I'll tell you later. And uh, no, but this is awesome. I, I really loved what he said. Marcel was sharing how uh, just the dignity that, that came with someone saying, you know, I have to get a keychain. I now have two keys. Like we take for granted some of the things that we're, we're checking when we're on the way out the house, right? Well, we've got our wallet, we've got our keys, we've got our phone or whatever else you might need. And uh, just how important that is. Um, your, your financial gifts of, of all sizes made a difference. And so uh, as of the last time I checked, uh, we're at $10,834.25. And so uh, thank you so much for participating in that. And, and obviously the, the, the goal isn't, isn't uh, over just because Easter has passed. That was kind of an arbitrary date for us to kind of just go for it, right? And we've done things like this before as a community. And so maybe before we write the check, right, maybe we should top it up a little bit. I think uh, 12000 is the cost of labor. So for instance, you know, a few of us could, could go uh, just a little bit more this week, you know, the end of the month, if you want to consider that. I invite you to do that. I challenge you to do that. Uh, but it's great. And we're going to be able to share that uh, with someone in need. And so uh, have you been by the houses? Have you seen some of them coming up? Isn't that cool? So it's a really tangible need. So thank you so much. And for those those of you online for giving, whether e-transfer or, or many gave cash. And so uh, those of you that, that gave and, and we know exactly who you are, you'll see a, a card out at the desk. Thank you so much for, for giving to that. So should we keep going? I think, I think we can do it. Let's do that. We'll, we'll help them out. Um, so we're in this series, and uh, following Easter, we're still in the Crowns series. It's this series where we go from King David all the way to Jesus, son of David, from Jesus wearing the crown of thorns to, to really us laying down our thrones at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because he's the only one worthy of a crown. And so with that, we're going to continue today. The whole idea of Jesus being king, right, is that that challenged a lot of the people of the day, both the religious leaders and the, the politicians and, and those uh, that were supporting Caesar and, and others, uh, worldly leaders. 
And so they were often trying to trap Jesus, and, and literally they did by, by using um, Judas, as we looked at with, with Good Friday and, uh, and, and all of that. And so in Mark, it's interesting how uh, later they, the leaders, they send some of the Pharisees. How many of you get on point, by the way, the, the newsletter every week? You probably already read just a, a snippet of this, but from Mark where he's reading later, the leaders sent some Pharisees and supporters of Herod to trap Jesus but into saying something that they could uh, use him to be arrested. And the whole idea of trap here, it's not just like trying to catch him in his words and retweet and be like, ah, oh, we're going to cancel you. No, no, it's, it's a very aggressive, it's a very physically threatening kind of trap. And literally not just to arrest him, but to have him killed. And so they say, teacher, and they're, they're sweetening up their words. Teacher, we know how honest you are. You're, you are impartial and you don't play favorites. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? So they, they sweeten them up and then they, they throw this kind of challenging question, if you think about it. Should we pay them or shouldn't we? And uh, Jesus saw through their hypocrisy, and he said, why are you trying to trap me? And so he, he already knows what's going on here. And then he says, show me a Roman coin. And I love how some commentators say, like, he himself doesn't reach into his pocket for a coin. He doesn't even have one. He's asking them, so show me the, the coin. And so they already have the coin on them. And he's like, I'll tell you. And so they handed it to him, and he asked. And so this is that famous, he asks a question with a question, right? And he says, whose picture and title are stamped on it? We're not going to get into the whole title yet, but what is their reply? Caesar's. And he says, well then, and maybe you know this whether you grew up in church or not, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. And his reply completely amazed them. And I think it's awesome. And obviously, you know, you could say politics and religion and money. Oh my, why, John, would you be talking about any one of those things today? And let alone all three of them at once. Well, why? Because the money talk is important. And because Jesus had more to say about money and possessions and wealth than any other single topic. About a quarter of what we have in content from Jesus in, in the Gospels is about these things, and so perhaps it's important to him, and perhaps it should be important to us. Why? Because how a person handles their money is connected uh, to how well they can be trusted with many other things. It's, it's a key part of our, our growth. It's a key part of our character, and I loved how Pastor John used to say that sometimes our wallet is the last thing to be converted. Let's pray before we get into the serious stuff. Father, thank you so much. Thanks that we could be a generous church. Thank you for Jenny and Derek as we've already been celebrating and praying with them and, and finding ways that we can continue to support them. And thank you that even in our own city, we're, we're able to support a great need. We think of uh, the people who might get to benefit from our, our gift in a tangible way. We thank you for the dignity that this brings them. And so we pray that we would continue to be supportive in this way. And as we're thinking about money and all that pertains to that, God, that you would continue to inspire us to be generous. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. What we're going to start to look at today is a little bit earlier in Mark's gospel, and you'll see this on the screen as we read along. I'm going to read about the, uh, 
the rich man, and in Matthew's gospel, this is, this is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic gospels, and I love when stories are like that, because sometimes one of the eyewitnesses has a key detail that maybe one of the others does not, and so I, I, th- I think you get the rich part from, from Matthew, and from Luke you get the young part, and, and here he's, he's this man, and, and you kind of imply it, so that's where we get the whole, the rich young ruler, or that he's a, a ruler, excuse me, and so as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and ask, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. He loves to ask a question with a question, doesn't he? Only God is truly good, but to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. And this is perhaps my favorite verse. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. If you have a physical Bible with you, maybe you want to put a heart there just just to recognize what's going on in this. But he says, there is still one thing you haven't done. And keep in mind, he's saying this, feeling genuine love for the man. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But at this the man's face fell. He went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around. He kind of scanned the disciples to see how are they going to react, and are they too going to leave if this is true. And he says, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? And this amazed them. But Jesus said again, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. And Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But not with God. Everything is possible with God. How cool is that? I love it. I love that uh, James R. Edwards Jr., he says that Jesus offers himself as a substitute for the man's possessions. That might be a a powerful challenge for us to consider today. And I I just want to to put a disclaimer out here. There's not going to be any finger pointing or anything like that. This is not uh, a shame-ridden message today. If anything, it's to encourage us and, and hopefully to be practical. But it's not really about money, is it? It's about our heart. And in this exact case, you see that Jesus is looking at this man feeling genuine love for him. Some authors talk about how the the Greek word there is the highest level of of love in the New Testament. And so as Jesus is looking at him, he's, he's not saying it in a hateful way. He's not saying it in a negative way necessarily. What's really happening is that he's thinking, yeah, this man, he's He's not, um, he hasn't actually done anything wrong by commandments standpoint, but remember how he came to Jesus and he said, good teacher? Really, in some ways, he's putting himself next to, just, just on the verge of blasphemy if Jesus himself isn't God, right? And so he's, he's making a bold statement, and notice how he learns his lesson, and then the next time he says, teacher. He just, he, he shortens it just to be safe. He's like, I don't want to get in trouble here. And so he, he's, a, he's a quick learner, isn't he? And so he, he, even in that engagement with, with Jesus and the whole idea of, you know, I, I, I've kept these commandments. I've obeyed all of them since my youth. But perhaps also there's, there's another meaning to this in that if Jesus is the, the good teacher and if only God is good, then he can't be, not without God. 
And so maybe that's also another side of this story. And so really today, we're going to talk about a few things. And I, I've mentioned before when I uh, am preparing a message, often I try to talk to other people about it. And in the lobby earlier this week, I was chatting with Stephen. Uh, Stephen is, is our drummer. And uh, maybe you should go back and just like drum for us and this would be a good part of it. Okay, never mind. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> So Stephen and I were chatting, and I was just trying to share what I was processing as I was studying for this and, and considering my words carefully. And we talked about this, and, and I'll, I'll give him the credit for, for this, as we were kind of noticing things throughout some of the passages that we're going to look at today, including this last one, is that really there's this connection between the eternal and the internal and the eternal. And so I want this to kind of understate everything that we're doing. And so we'll, we'll look at the, these symbols for a moment. And so as we're talking about money, and it's not just about money, is it? But this is, this is kind of a symbol, and literally a symbol, that dollar sign. So we're talking about the external, the things that you can see, the things that you can notice. Uh, but really what's going on here is Jesus is challenging uh, the internal, and so that is the heart. And so getting to the heart of the matter. But really, uh, obviously, the, the heart is meant to be eternal, but not without the cross. And so the cross being eternal. And so you'll see there's kind of a pattern here. And as we look at a few more passages, I think you'll see this as, as a connection for the entire uh, message. And so as, as you just keep that in mind, what we want to move from is from the external, and we want to move inward, but, but not just that. The, the cross is truly the key to the eternal, and we're going to see this together. I love the letters uh, in the New Testament, and, and for various reasons, and, and Paul writes to Timothy and uh, this is valuable for us as well. And so we're going to read uh, a portion from there right now in uh, chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, uh, starting at verse 17. This is what Paul is telling Timothy and encouraging him, and, and now we can be encouraged as well. He says, teach those who are rich in this world. Now, first of all, how many of you are rich? Yeah, show of hands. No, just kidding. Um, but have you ever heard that commercial, uh, you're richer than you think? I remember Pastor Mark saying, like, no, I'm not. I'm actually poorer than I think. Like, I, I, I'm poorer than I know. Like, you know, is, so anyway, not to make light of that, of course, but, but the idea that, like, uh, no, no, like, in general, in this, in this room, we, we, are, we are rich. And so teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust their money. Not to trust it, right? Not to trust it, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. And tell them to use their money to do good. And you've been doing this. This is an encouragement. You have been doing this. We have been doing this together. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, of course. Always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Isn't that encouraging? So to, to teach that and to encourage you to continue in that, please don't stop that. Let me remind you, uh, as Paul reminded Timothy, a little bit earlier in this chapter, and again, it's a letter, the, the, the numbers are in there to be helpful to us, but they're, they're not, the numbers themselves are not original, these verse numbers, but earlier he says in verse 6, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. That might be something to chew on for later. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. 
Good reminder. So, if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. That's an answer to the Lord's prayer, is it not? And just a little bit down, this is maybe the most um, misquoted verse in, in Scripture, at least in the New Testament. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. That's true for sure. Uh, but d- did you notice it says, and some, some people have been, right? We, we all have different temptations. We all have different things that we face. And so it's the root of all kinds of evil. As in, it's not the root of all evil. And I think that's the misquote. But it's the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money, which part of, tempta- part of something, um, you know, inward working to the external. And some people craving it have wandered from the true faith. And so it's not actually the, the money itself, but it could be. Maybe, maybe there's something else, though. And uh, so I, I love this. This is, you know, teach those who are, like, continue to be a learner. Continue. Part of discipleship is a continued learning of the things of, of Jesus and the things that the apostles taught uh, on behalf of the Lord. I love this. One thing that uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said is that earthly goods are given to be used, not to be collected you're talking to a guitarist here. That's, that's a hard word. Uh, Tyler, am I, am I, am I uh, preaching to the choir here? or Am I meddling? Am I meddling a little bit here? Uh, it's hard. Tools are great, aren't they? But tools are meant to be used. And so there, there's actually nothing wrong with using tools. The, the problem is when it goes beyond that, and it's like, no, mine, my precious, you know? Um, <laughs> But, but I was reflecting on it uh, for, for lots, lots of reasons. This is not a counseling session, but if it was, it's, it's a good value for it. But um, my grandmother, many of you know, was the person that kind of initiated music in my life. And what I mean by that is that sometime before Christmas of 1997, she had both the, the insight, um, the, plan, the vision, to figure out, so if I was going to get, you know, my grandson a guitar, what should, what should I get him, and, and can I get him the right one, and how much would that cost, and, and is he going to play it, will he go to less, all those questions, I'm sure she asked all those questions. She sought the help of, uh, of her sister-in-law, who lives out of town, who is pr- probably the only musician that I knew in our family at the time, and so I didn't grow up around it, I didn't want it. I still don't want it. I'll, I'll explain. And so really what happened was uh, Christmas w- was done, and, or I thought it was, and then there was still this one gift left kind of in the corner, and I was just like, what is that shape? And it was this odd shape, and they're like, well, open it up and see. You better set it on the ground. I, I guess it, was, it must have been standing up in the corner. I don't know if you remember me telling you about this. But so I set it down, and it made this kind of sound, and I was like, oh, gosh, is it alive? Like, what is going on? And I opened it up, and I was like, yay, <laughs> a guitar. Always wanted one. <laughs> like, no, this was like your great aunt giving you a cat sweater, and you only put it on so that you can share with them. I, lo- I was wondering if I would get one of these, and you, you really delighted me in, in your, your love for me and knowing my taste. Thank you. But... You know, I was, what, 14 or so at the time, I guess, 15 maybe. I, 
I tried my best to, to figure something out. You know, by Christmas night, I, I went downstairs and, uh, and I saw my grandmother and I was like, I think I can play Skip to my Lou. You sing and I strum, right? Two chords, <laughs> skip, skip, right? And so I tried and they sent me to guitar lessons. But another part of the story that you might not know is that I agreed to go to guitar lessons. I didn't want to do this, but I was like, they invested, you know, my grandparents together. I say my grandmother, obviously the two of them invested in me, but she had the real vision for it. So I went to my first teacher, who's a Christian guy. He's actually a pastor, a church planner, uh, at, you know. And so I go to him, and he's one of the best guitarists I've ever met, like, face-to-face. And so he's playing all this stuff, and I'm like, I'll never be able to do this stuff. And, and I come back after week one with this simple little kind of example, and he says to me, God gave you this gift. And I, like, I, I did, like, the rudimentary thing, you know, like, just very basic. But I, was, I, was, I, I took him seriously, and I was like, what if that's true? And so for me, it wasn't about money. It was about a, a tool, a, a possession that I have to continue to invest in. And then 20-some years later, you know, I just finished uh, 10 years teaching at, at Kingswood University on Thursday. I'm done now. This new position, I, I'm, I'm putting that on pause. Uh, but, it, but it's great to use that. But, you know, 20 years ago when I lost my grandmother, I don't know that she would have realized how much that investment, that small investment that then I still had to invest in, but I think there's a principle there of, you know, years later, um, it, was, it was a way that I was able to support myself. It was a way I was able to meet you. It was a way that I got started really in, in church. So her goal was to keep me out of trouble. I think it got me in more trouble, but... But it's true, and, and so those earthly goods, they're, they're given to be used, not to be collected. But if you want to participate in me collecting just one more, I only need, the, the, the trick is, you only need one more guitar, right, Tyler? What's the right number of, of guitars? Right, thank you so much. Uh, we won't put that on the screen. Uh, we don't want uh, you to get carried away here. Uh, but I want to talk about this, and, and we're going to read a, a, another short passage here, but uh, the question is, what is our treasure? And so, no, it might not be literally money. That might not be your thing. But A.W. Tozer asks these questions, and this might be a good one for a small group, even, even the fake one that you have. Just make one up and talk to someone about this. What do we value most? What would we hate to lose? That gets to the heart of it quickly. And what do our thoughts turn to most frequently? Think about that. Uh, how many you shop online? Busted. Yeah, if you start thinking about a thing, it's easy to just click the button. It's amazing and terrifying. And so we pray for you uh, that this won't lead you astray. But th- it's, really, it's really, really hard uh, to not just hit buy now. And uh, you have Amazon Prime. I mean, obviously in our neck of the woods, it doesn't come the same day or the next day. Sometimes it takes a while, but in, in Matthew, perhaps you heard this in the greatest sermon ever recorded. Jesus says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy uh, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. I love this, going from the external to the internal to the eternal. Isn't that beautiful? And just a little bit later in verse 24, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. 
uh, John Stott says that God can be served only with an entire and exclusive devotion. That's a challenge for us, I think. As I was studying this this week, this is um, a really difficult subject to, to consider slavery. We're talking about masters here, but in, in, the, in the people that would have been listening, they would have un- understood this, that a free person could serve more than one employer. So you could work for one person and you could work for another freely, you know, in your off hours or whatever. But if someone was a slave, they had one master and money could make you a slave. It doesn't have to, but it could make you a slave. And so the, the idea here is that really you, you have to make a decision on, on who you're going to serve. I'll, I'll share another personal story really quick. So th- this year, Kelsey and I have been together uh, for, for 10 years and, and married for eight. But to backtrack a little bit, and maybe this will bring to mind maybe your own experience too, but uh, it was like just after our second Christmas. And have you raise your hand if you've been, been in this situation. Well, one day she just handed me this little card with some numbers on it. Have you ever, do you know where I'm going with this? She handed me a little card with numbers on it. And uh, the numbers had dollar signs, in, you know, in front of it. And uh, what, what it was, was it was two options for engagement rings. So I was like, <laughs> okay. Were you not following me? Oh, I'm sorry. I'll try to do better for the next service. Sorry, guys. So, yeah, so it, it had two. And obviously, there were two different price points. Obviously, I went for the, 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 the first one. And, uh, and it, was, it was convenient because I knew exactly what it was. I knew where to get it. I knew the size and, and all of this. So this is like, you know, 2013 going on 2014. And so have you ever been so motivated in your life to be like, I need to get this thing. I will do whatever it takes to get this thing, you know. So what I started doing is I, I, I would get out an envelope, something like this. Now, it might not have had this, this exact look to it, but I, I would uh, get paid. I would get cash out you know, if it was a direct deposit or something, and I would shove cash in that, and then I would hide it in my sock drawer, you know? I did this for months and months and months, and, I, and you know, once a week or so, or I'd count, and I was like, no, there's still not more, and, and maybe this is another lesson, is that isn't it easier to spend than it is to save? I know some people are spenders and some are savers, but it just, it takes infinitely longer to save money than it does to spend it. I could, if you gave me a million dollars, I would have it spent before noon. Like I just, I know exactly what to do. Uh, I I have clarity and uh, I know exactly what to do. Obviously I would give and, you know, but I have other dreams. Um, And so in this, I was highly motivated for months and months and months. And, you know, we had talked about this for a while and this, this was symbolic. Of course, it's not just about the money, is it? But it's, it's a symbol and I was motivated and I needed to make this happen. And so, you know, four into five months go by and, and my desire too again, was, was not to use a credit card, was not to go into to debt in this, in this way. So I saved the money. Uh, I did my best. And uh, once, once I was able to have enough for like a, a down payment, kind of a deposit, it's like a house, you know what I mean? Anyway, so I, I went into the place and I said, this is, this is what I want. This is what she wants, excuse me. This is what I want on her behalf. This is the size I need and all of that. How much money can I give you, you know, to, to hold that? And they're like, oh, well, this much. So I gave them cash and then I went home and my, 
you know, my envelope is empty, so I needed to fill it again. Are you guys with me? You, you guys have been there? Something like this? Maybe a different circumstance, but... And so, uh, finally, you know, I get, I get close, and I have a plan on, like, now, now I'm almost there. I'm, I'm, I just need a little bit more. And so, it's, it's ready. It's size. They're like, yeah, Mr. Sherwood, you know, you just have to come in and make the final payment, and you can take it. And so, I got it, like, maybe a week before I was going to pop the question, and so it, it, you've heard like money burns a hole in your pocket. Well, imagine holding a secret like that. And it, it's like the sock drawer is only so safe. You know what I mean? It's like this thing, I need to do something with it. And so I, I you know, I, I met with her father. We went to M&T Delhi, uh, rest its soul. It's gone now, but it was amazing. We, we went in and the big question he had for me, he knew that I was going to ask. It was obvious to him. But his big question was like, so are you going to pay for her cell phone bill now? And it's like, oh, there was no exchange of cattle or property. It was like, cell phone bill on you now? Okay, good. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. I was like, okay. So, uh, and I still, I, I'm still paying. I'm still paying. <laughs> but uh, when it was time to actually get engaged, you know, we went out for dinner. And, and she knew it was happening. You, don't you hate when you're trying to surprise someone? They know it's happening. They don't know how, but they know. And it's, it's, it's always annoying. But I had this old car. Do you remember the old Volvo, Pastor Tim? It was the, uh, the, the oldest thing in the world. Uh, you know, we paid. It, was, it, was, it paid for itself and then some, and then it started costing me. Uh, but long story short, it, it didn't start. A- after the whole thing went down and we wanted to go celebrate and share with her parents the news and all that, they knew it was coming, but to show her the ring and stuff. The car's like, uh-oh, it's not turning over. This is bad. And the next week, we had a new vehicle, another used vehicle. But, uh, but the, the, the point is, when you're motivated for something, it, it, can, it can be like just all, all your mind is, is thinking about, can it? And now that, that can be on a good side too, but couldn't it also steer you in another way? Perhaps you've also heard the, the question before, the, the different promotion, what's in your wallet? Your wallet tells a lot about you, doesn't it? Now, this isn't a Costanza wallet. Don't worry about that. There's nothing going to fly out there. But it's really a simple thing. I got it from a guy that makes stuff at the market. And I got it before we were going on a trip because I needed uh, American bills because, you know, they're behind the times. And my debit card doesn't work as well everywhere there. So I had to. Sorry, Stephen. You know it's true. So I, I needed it. And, and so my, mine's pretty simple. Like, it, it does have a little bit of cash if I have to go to the market or something. I, I still believe in, in using that. I've got a debit card. I've got my, my Costco membership and my, my driver's license and, uh, and uh, Medicare card and stuff like that. But what, what you have in your wallet um, really makes a difference. And, and so the, the whole principle that, that I was learning at the time when I was highly motivated to, to save for a ring to propose to my now wife is I was using an envelope because it was a really tangible, for me personally, th- this is just going to be a practical thing. For someone in here, it might not matter, but for someone else, it might be like, oh, that, that would really help me. You can do this digitally too. But for me, I had to put money in there. But I want to talk about this just, just for a moment on a practical side of things. Uh, I, I've done this before for youth group, and uh, this is all the same, even though they, they have a different look. Um, some of them have a different face on them. But these are $10 bills. I've done this before with American $1 bills because loonies just aren't the same. It's, it's harder to, to kind of juggle and it makes a lot of noise and stuff. But I want to I just share with you uh, kind of something practical that has been helpful for me. So let, let's use this. So just for the record, there's, can you see the, these? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
9, 10. Um, the reason that I wanted to use this just for a moment, and this is just really a practical il- illustration, is that let's just say, and, and for someone, may, maybe you did a job and, and you got uh, $100. You know, that, that, w- that would be pretty fair. That would be a lot of uh, lawns mode maybe for, for a teenager, but uh, I don't know, maybe with inflation, maybe this is about it. Um, but but the, the, the idea would be this, is that there, there's a principle that we have in our, our faith about tithing, and the word tithe really means a tenth, right? And so just to be really practical for a moment, so if, if someone received this, let's use a high schooler as an example, just, just for the fun of it. So imagine they got this, and they're like, awesome, this is great. And imagine there's someone who, they're, they're a disciple of Jesus, and, and, and they want to do their best with um, the practices of Christianity and all of this. What, what would they do? Well, for, for one thing, out, out of this, they would go and spend all their money. No, they wouldn't. No, what they could do, what they could do, and again, this is meant to be encouraging and practical, not, not to be uh, shameful or anything like that. But what I would suggest and what I've learned and what would be helpful is you take the first one and you put it in one of these. Even digitally speaking, you, you could do this. And you put it in one of these, and whether you write your name on it or not is fine, and then you put it in the, in the bucket or something like that, right? And, and so the idea of that is, well, well now what? Well, now you, you did that, and then what do you have left? Do the math. I heard someone else say that you could take the, the next one, and this would be practical, and then maybe put it in one of these with your own name on it or, or savings or, or something like that and put it in there and then set that in your sock drawer or something like that or, or digitally somewhere else. And then, and then what do you have? Uh-oh, uh-oh. You're getting down to not too much. So what do you do with the rest? Well, there's, I mean, a number of things, and I'm not going to give you an exhaustive illustration on, on what to do with that, but perhaps you have a cell phone bill. I wish it was only that much there, but perhaps you, you send that in to name your provider, and that goes over here, and they're paid. And then uh, what do you have left there? That was 30, so I got, fit. wow, should we go out to eat, or like, do we need anything else? The, the idea is that, you know, you can, you can, um, you can set the, the, the 10 aside and then, and then 10 or, or 15, you know, depending on, on who you hear, you can uh, do whatever you need and maybe you put that, maybe you put that back in your wallet because you're going to need it. And then the next time you get something, uh-oh, this would be tricky. What if you got paid, let's do the math here, if we got paid $50, how do you, how do, you do this? What do you do? Well, digitally, you use your debit card. You rip it in half? Oh, no, we're not going to do that. But hope, hopefully that's, that's helpful to see. Well, we're just, we're just going to set that aside for now. And by the way, I know there's one more service, and so later, I'm not going to do it now because I need the illustration for the 11 p.m. or the 11 a.m. P.m. would be rough, but we're, we're, we're going to just put this in for 12 neighbors, and so that, that's going to that's gonna go to a good home. And... Um, and literally, and so this hopefully is a practical illustration for us, but it's not just about percentage, is it? I, I really love this short um, little experience that we hear in Mark chapter 12, and, uh, and perhaps you know the one where Jesus, he sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped the, in their money, and many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Can you, can you picture the sound of that, right? And uh, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had 
to live on. I didn't notice this until this week, to be honest, and I, I read this all the time, but to live on. To live on. Are you with me? The whole thing about the rich young ruler, that, that young man, he's asking about, you know, what must I do to inherit, what, eternal life, to live on. And this woman gets it. She didn't give a tenth. She gave a hundred percent. It's in, It's incredible. And you might say, well, it's just a little bit. No, it's everything she had to live on. That's everything. A hundred percent. It's really incredible. I love how Andrew Murray says that we ask how much a person gives. Christ asks how much he keeps. Proverbs eleven twenty eight says, trust in your money and down you go, but the godly flourish like leaves in the spring. Martin Luther said, I have held many things in my hands and I have lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. We all know the first rule of of Fight Club, but the second most popular line from that book and movie is that the things you own end up owning you. It's only after you lose everything that you're free to do anything. And I want to encourage you to be generous today. It's actually meant to be uplifting, and obviously there's, there's a lot more we could say about this, but you already have been generous. We just celebrated how generous as a church, as a community, as a body we are uh, in giving in our city for 12 neighbors. We're, we want to be generous to the Bahamas, and thank you for, for doing this. And, and it's thinking more on a global scale. And the Ukraine, the support that we've done there, that's just to name a few, and I know there's more. But I, I love this idea... Um, uh, Mike McNeil, uh, who I, he was my professor when I started at, when it was called Bethany, and we traveled all around, but he had this idea of reverse busking, where we'd put a guitar case out that already had some money in it, and it would say, if you, if you need some money, take it. And so instead of trying to receive money, we'd be playing our songs and stuff, and he still does this now from St. John to New York City, and I'm sure beyond, is that people will have money, we'll just put money in, in a case, not to keep, but to actually give, reverse busking. And I love one really powerful memory for me was when I was traveling for the school, and I got to Riverside Camp where I received Christ. It was a couple years after that. Dr. Anthony Graham, he's in Brooklyn, New York, and we got to go in 2016 to that, that church. But he was up speaking at Riverside, and he found out from the treasurer how much Riverside was, was short on their annual whatever they needed. They were short, let's say it was $15,000 or something, which might not sound like a lot, but it, you know, they, need, they needed it to break even. And so Anthony Graham's like, well, that's easy. Well, 15 people just stand up and say, I'm going to give a thousand bucks. Like he started doing this and I was just like, wait, what? And I started watching and then someone was like, I can give a thousand. He's like, okay, so 14 more people. What do we have? Or seven people give 500 and all of a sudden, yeah, I can give 500. And what was powerful to me now, I, I was, you know, maybe 20 years old by the time, but at the time, but there was a 14 year old girl who was like, I've got $90. Like, can I give that? And that was all she had, but she, she gave that, that money, and it was powerful. And, you know, part of it was the hype, but honestly, it was an encouragement. He, w- he wasn't demanding it, but he was like, let's do this. Let's do this together. And it took someone like him for me to get like, oh, sometimes we, we have it, and sometimes we even want to be generous, but sometimes we need to be invited to be generous. And what I loved about that is at the end, he asked, you know, they were accounting for all the money that people were speaking of in the room and, you know, a few minutes in, whatever, say it was 15,000, well, it was just over 15,000 or whatever it was. And it was just a powerful reminder, like, no, we, we can do this. We can do this together. John Wesley said, make as much as you can, 
Save as much as you can and give as much as you can. I love that. What does it mean to be a disciple or, or a member? Well, well being generous is, is definitely part of it. As I said before, Pastor John was a, a clear reminder for me, and we had many talks about how the wallet is often the last thing to be converted. Well, part of your discipleship journey, part of all of our discipleship journey is surrendering and submitting fully to Jesus. So thinking about a standard of living, we often talk about that. Well, maybe we should start talking about a standard of giving. What is that going to be? Could we elevate to that? Our king has a mission, and we need to support that mission. You can't build his kingdom if you're too busy building your own. I think of it, you know, if we talk about I love my king, and I love my church, and I love my city, well, all of that requires generosity. I want to finish back in, in, in 1 Timothy just before what we said earlier. It says this, but... You, Timothy, and the band can get ready to lead us in a moment. But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you which you have confessed so well before many witnesses. And I charge you before God, who gives life to all, and before Christ Jesus, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate, that you obey this command without wavering. Then no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only God, Almighty God, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. He alone can never die, and he lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him, nor ever will. All honor and power to him forever. Amen. Father, we commit this time to you. We, we commit ourselves to you. It's not just about the money, but it's our, our heart. We we understand how external things influence us and, and how the internal needs to be changed by you. And so when we're talking about eternity, we thank you that because of you, because of your sacrifice, because of you offering yourself for us, what a true act of generosity and, and for us to have eternity because of you. We thank you. We continue to celebrate the generosity in our, in our community to, to help our city, to help those in a tangible way. We continue to celebrate um, Easter and, uh, and, and the new guests that were able to come, people that were able to make decisions. We thank you so much uh, that we can worship you in this place freely. We thank you, um, Father, for, for your word, for the encouragement from it, from the challenge from it as well. We thank you as you continue to call us forward, as you were calling that young man, then, then come follow me. Well, what is the challenge you have for us today? Whatever it is, would we learn to say yes and then ask you what the question is? Would we be ready to submit fully, whether it is our wallet, whether it's our whole heart, whether it's our relationships, no matter what it is, whether it's a tool that we have, would we realize how we can use it to build your kingdom instead of our own? Lord, we need you. We need your help in this. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.